Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. You are listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction Blog Talk Radio Show, founded to increase the national awareness of black women in the construction industry. NABWIC is the charge and takes the charge for black women to advocate for further opportunities to its members. Our mission as a core foundation is to strengthen the building blocks of new educational, entrepreneurial, professional, and social network connections. The vision of NABWIC is to build long-lasting strategic partnerships with first-rate organizations and individuals that will provide groundbreaking and innovative solutions for black women in construction and their respective communities. We invite you to call or text or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Good morning. This is Ursula Odom, your host of NABWIC Talks, and I am also the CEO of Sula2, and we're a legacy writing and publishing company. We will capture, preserve, and present your legacy information in any form possible, and this is one of those forms. We present individuals and corporations to you to have, to have them share with you what they do for the benefit of the membership and our listening audience. And today we have an awesome guest. You're going to hear about both her company and NABWIC because she is deeply rooted in both. Her name, Nicole Allen. And Nicole is on a mission to help real estate development build and grow profitable businesses. She's trained as a toxicology and epidemiologist, and she has a unique 17-year background in communication, business development, and project management on multi-million dollar development projects. So we're going to hear from her and find out what all that means. Good morning, Nicole. Good morning, Ursula. Thank you so much for the invitation to the show. You're welcome. Can't wait to hear about this. Now, when we hear about science, and and when I hear your your bio, or when I read it, it's like, okay, so how does this come together? Tell <laughs> us about what you do and and what this means. Sure, I often get asked that question: How do you end up in a real estate? Uh, or a construction-related area with so much extensive scientific knowledge. Um, well, I'd like to say I did start out with the intent to be a scientist. I've been trained um, for over 15 years uh, in pursuit of my doctoral degree in public health. And along the way, I've been educated, you know, in scientific methods and uh, looking at genetics and the human system and how it all interacts in this environment. Well, consequently, the latter part of my career, probably the last 10 years, have been looking at how does our environment work in the world. And one of those areas that I've become grounded in is in housing. 
we all say we spend quite a bit of time uh, actually living in our own personal homes. And so looking at all the environmental contaminants, our interactions with our space, how does that make us feel physiologically, that's sort of how I ended up in the real estate and construction-related industry, looking at models and systems and how they interact and make us feel physically, but still looking at those components from a holistic standpoint. So it's, uh, it's sort of a backdoor into uh, the area of construction. And quite frankly, until my interaction with you, I never gave it any thought about the science of building and housing and, and, and construction. Um, but it makes sense to some degree. So I almost feel like you're the ghostbuster. <laughs> if, something, <laughs> if something smells funny coming out of the ground, do they call you and say, what is this? <laughs> well, you know, to some degree, yes. Our, what, what my specialty is is uh, housing regulations. And so we all know that uh, to some degree you have to have areas of life safety addressed in your housing components. You need to be able to get in and out in case of a fire. You need to have certain rest- height restrictions so that, you know, there's adequate space and, and depth in a, per- in a building in order for it to function. You know that there needs to be certain types of building materials used, uh, with the exception of lead and asbestos and uh, mold contaminants and things of that nature. So we we look at those holistically, not only in terms of an individual science-based application, but how does it function when you're in a house, whether or not you're using a furnace or you're using forced air heat, what are those environmental particulates, What what are the environmental contaminants that we're exposed to for you know, the largest part of our lives. And so um, the work that I uh, initially started out as in terms of my my science-based career looked at the internal organs and what's affected. I'm mostly concerned now with how does it affect me externally. And so I've been able to uh, sort of mesh those two desires together um, like I say, I came out of corporate America probably about five years ago and um, just ha- by happenstance ended up uh, with an opportunity to purchase real estate. And it was through that course of, you know, developing this particular project that I started to consider some of those things in terms of um, my air penetration barriers and, you know, the components that I'm using to construct my house, what's environmentally friendly what's uh, sustainable. And so uh, all of my my experiences started rushing out of me mm-hmm. in an effort to make better and more uh, ecologically based um, decisions about where I'm going to spend my life, you know, or, or my family's life or my kids' lives. And so, um, you know, I just by happenstance, like I say, ended up with um, a wealth of knowledge and experience and you know, the opportunities just kept unveiling themselves, and I ended up with, um, you know, pursuing uh, a career in uh, building science and uh, building codes and understanding uh, engineering designs and qualifications that help us to make our home safer and more healthier. So 
was there anything during the construction of, of your home that you know was a moment that you saved the day because you knew what you knew? Yeah. I mean, I think it was several different aspects. Um, typically, you know, in most cases you rely heavily on a, on a general contractor to be knowledgeable and proficient at its at their craft in terms of constructing your home. And so um, what I found is that although they may have been skillful at um, c- completing the task, they weren't really knowledgeable in terms of uh, the environmental factors that lead to um, sick buildings or unhealthy buildings. And so um, I researched a lot because research is in my genes. I researched a lot and found a lot of different options to the status quo in terms of building. Um, we went um, to some, you know, we, we found out that our insulation that we're using now has particulate matter in it that gets into the airspace and could cause respiratory issues. It's a standard oh. product that's being sold at most home uh, home development stores, uh, and so we opted for a more composite-based uh, materials that uh, allows for better insulation of your home, but, you know, it reduces the amount of uh, indoor air particulate matter that may be harmful. And so that was really the first straw when I was like, wow, I know there's got to be a better way in order for me to have a, uh, um economically um, you know, feasible home, but also looking at uh, looking at it in terms of being a protective measure for my, myself and my family as well. So uh, that was really the first thing. And from there, you know, we're looking at water filtration systems because uh, as an environmentalist, I'm a stickler for, for recycling and wanting to be able to reuse some of the products or products that are more friendly to the environment. And, um, you know, some of my toxicology experience started to come in and looking at contaminants and PCBs and the materials that I'm using. So all of this kind of helped guide my decisions and the products that we decided to to use in our space. Amazing. When you mentioned um, asbestos, Mm-hmm. Um, it it brought back memories for me because when I was growing up in the backwoods of Georgia, my uncle used to, well, he was quite the um, entrepreneur, I guess you would say. He was always into doing something, and this particular time he was hauling stuff. And he got this big load of um, scrap material that my grandmother made quilts out of it. I made um, outfits out of them, little dress outfits outfits and, and what have you. And pot, I made strips of, um, took strips and made potholes out of them. So it was a massive amount of material. And before we actually worked with it, my grandmother washed it. Okay. And that's key to what I'm about to say. At one point mm-hmm. in time, we started itching and we had no idea what it was. I mean, it's like you couldn't even, you didn't even want your clothes on you because it was like, oh my God, what is this? As it turns out, um, it was fiberglass. 
I realize I said mm. that, but I, I don't know if that's the same or not, but it was fiberglass, some kind of fiberglass or something like that. And it was in the clothing or in the material that he brought home. And so when you, when you think about things that you you can't see or that you don't know what it really is, how it can impact you in such a major way, um, what's the state of it? As, I can't even say the word. It's asbestos today. Is it still around or um, are people still having problems with it? Do you still have to um, deal with that issue? Well, unfortunately, it is still around to some degree, and there's been a lot of regulatory um, processes and standards that have been implemented to abate it, Uh, but we do still see it in buildings that are pre-1960, and unfortunately, it's it's more well-known now, and I think that uh, the regulatory agencies and, um, you know, the asbestos and the environmental community has been making really great strides in educating individuals about what it is and how it, how it impacts us. And, of course, I'm sure everyone has seen, you know, mesothelioma uh, and all of the lawsuits that are surrounding exposure to this particular uh, matter. But, um, yeah, there, there are certainly some regulatory requirements surrounding uh, it's containment, it's handling, and ultimately it's abatement. Uh, I personally haven't had any uh, direct experience uh, with asbestos in terms of any construction-related projects that I've worked on, but I have seen um, and read a few of the reports in terms of larger building schools seems to be a primary use because it's used as, a, um, as an insulation Material and so you, uh, when you have the, um, I call them the pop-up ceilings, those little, um, I can't even think of the name of it. It's like when you have a drop ceiling. They're usually built into those types of um, those systems to provide uh, either insulation or better um, better padding for the noise. And so we've we've seen it in the school systems. We've seen it in some of the hospital systems where uh, it's actually, you know, used to provide insulation around piping and um, some of the the systems in in the hospital systems. But uh, I have not had any direct experience. But it's it's certainly a hazardous substance. It causes, uh, as most people may know, lots of respiratory issues and ultimately could lead to cancer. Wow. So you said the magic word, or it has been said several times so far, construction and the construction industry, and that's what we're in. NABWIC, National Association of Black Women in Construction. Tell us about your NABWIC story. Wow. Well, um, as you can imagine, transitioning from a scientific base. Uh, career into a construction one is is quite a bit of an undertaking. So um, one of the things that I've always done and was taught at an early age is that if you don't know something, then you find that person that does, and then you stick with them. And so um, 
you know, as I begin to think about what I wanted to do for the next phase of my life and how I could uh, create uh, an environment to where my my both of my passions could sort of coexist, I started looking at, um, you know, relationships with people who are in the construction space. And I just so happened to have attended a Turner Construction Management uh, training program for individuals in the construction space, and I met Ms. Robin Beal, one of our NAPWIC members here in the National Capital Region. Uh, and subsequently lost contact, didn't really consider any, um, you know, additional engagement with her until I ended up with an invitation to our National Industry Day event. And in, in that moment, it was the full-blown opportunity of NABWIC. There were women there who were in um, IT infrastructure, construction projects. There were women who were civil engineers and, you know, roofers, plumbers, and estimators, and just a very degree and variety of construction and construction-related uh, opportunities. And so I jumped in. I jumped in head first. I was ecstatic that, one, it actually represented who I am as a black woman, and, two, it uh, provided that support and that training and uh relationship building that I could uh, really much use at that time during my transition. So since becoming involved in the organization, I've just, you know, volunteered as much as I can because the mission is just so, um, it, it, it's a really amazing mission. And I think um, the vision of this organization and what it can be 20, 30 years from now is just going to be uh, a pivotal moment where we look back and say, this is where it all changed. Wow. And quite frankly, I know that you hold an office within the organization, and I often wonder, prior to today, what you do, because you're so dedicated and so thorough in what you do for the organization. So share that experience, your your holding office and your missions in that office? Yes. So I was uh, elected as a national board member uh, last year, and uh, it was a huge honor. I actually didn't know what it meant at the time (laughs) of my acceptance. But, um, I mean, it certainly has propelled my professional business in ways that I could have never imagined. Uh, as a board member, we really work to provide strategic direction and guidance to our membership. And um, we do that, of course, by building on a, the four pillars of the organization, which is um, making sure we have those great strategic relationships with women in the procurement space, both in the public and private sector, working to create a pipeline and an opportunity for young girls in the STEM-related fields uh, from high school, middle school, and beyond, and then just really working with those small businesses like myself who need um, that extra support in terms of mentorship and training and just leadership opportunities. And so uh, as a board member, I I sort of double dip, (laughs) as you would say. I get the benefit of just building 
uh, my my personal leadership skills and you know being able to establish relationships with uh, my my members and uh, mm-hmm. I also serve mm-hmm. as the national membership chair, so that even further provides me an opportunity to to provide guidance and direction, all of which I use in my personal business communication. Um, you know, time management, project management-related uh, skills and services. So uh, I, I sort of feel like that uh, NAPWIC is training me to be a better business, to be a better um, executive for my, for my personal business. Mm. And so the two really work well together, and I think the leadership and members who are in active um, leader position roles within the organization, realize that we we utilize the the skills and stuff that the skills that we're tr- getting from the organization to make us better business owners. That is terrific. In fact, we're going to talk more about that after a commercial break because you just sparked a number of questions. So. Back in a second. We are so excited to have you listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction Blog Talk Radio Show. Please call, text, or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash NABWIC or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Don't forget to follow us by liking our page and post your questions or comments. NABWIC's intent is to always go into the high schools and colleges to encourage our young black girls and women to enter into the construction industry and to take interest into the STEM programs that are offered. We encourage you to listen to this show or past shows on the Internet by logging in at www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C. Thank you, and we're back. Welcome back to Network Talks, and this is Ursula Odom, your host, and I am speaking with Nicole Allen this morning, and it's a wonderful conversation. Um, Before the break, she mentioned that Navwick was a mutually beneficial process for her and her company. She's providing services to NAVWIC and obviously retrieving back a lot of benefits. So when we think of benefits as the membership director, tell us about what are some of the known benefits of being a member of NAVWIC? Oh, that's a great question, Ursula. Well, our member benefits are... Um, so varied, and it's um, it's something that we're we're constantly improving improving upon. Uh, but one of the main benefits is that we, uh, as members, are able to leverage, you know, this organization to pursue opportunities and contracts for women in the construction space, Black women in the construction space, and we do that by really representing the organization. Um, so let's take, for instance, if you're, in, if you're in the construction space and you're interested in working with a large um, construction company, 
but you're just a, a two-person firm or a five-person firm or, or what we technically call as a small business. Well, that large construction company may have a $100 million contract, and they may look at your firm and say, mm, I don't know whether or not you're able to carry the requirements of this contract. As a NABWIC member, you're not a small firm. You're a firm that has a membership base and the membership potential to carry not only a $100 million contract, but a $200 million contract. The relationships and the organizations and small businesses that are aligned with that organization carry weight. And we use the organization to pursue those contracts, not just as a small business unit. And so one of the other benefits is opportunities to, to network, you know, to meet other individuals who you may be interested in forming a joint venture with, a partnership with, a mentorship with. Um, you know, there's opportunities to uh, sort of take advantage of the marketing of your business, which is one great opportunity that we're using now through Blog Talk. Um, there is sponsorship opportunities to help and build your communities to uh, support young students in the um, in the STEM-related fields. There is um, there's a host of, uh, of of savings and benefits that we have through some of our affiliate partner relationships. Um, there there's just so many benefits that it's really kind of hard to to take grasp of them. But uh, from a small business perspective, uh, you just think about the things that you need in order to make your small business work, the resources that are available uh, through not only our founder, but also members who have expertise in a varied number of fields. Not only in construction, we have service providers as well, be it HR professionals, attorneys, um, uh, physicians, all different types of services that we could use to build each other's business up. And I think that's one of the most important reasons why I became a member is that I want to support other black women. I want to make sure that there are opportunities to help grow each other's business. And this is the perfect environment to do that. Absolutely. And quite frankly, one of the things that I love when you talk about networking and being in an environment where you have a different mix of people from all kinds of disciplines, really, that come together for the good of a building um, and pulling construction together, I think of uh, something that happened in my own particular um, situation where um, I I had become minority certified, and I went to a meeting. It was one of those pre-bid meetings to just figure out what I was supposed to do with this. You know, okay, so what am I supposed to do with it? And I was just sitting there thinking I was totally out of my element because I am an author. I am a publisher. I am a legacy writer. Those are the things that I do. Now, that I connect to the individuals, or at that point, at that time, I connected it to the individuals that they may want to have their stories told, but I hadn't thought about something beyond that. 
But sitting there and realizing that I was listening to the plans for a school to be remodeled, and I and I realized that the namesake of that school, people had forgotten who that person was. So I said, hmm. Okay, so in my office, I have a wall full of information about what I do so that I can just point to my wall and say, okay, these are the things I do because it's quite diverse. I have I portray Mary McCobb-Bethune, I, I write, and I have um, books or whatever. And I just wanted to be able to use that as, an, as a means of a, a open presentation board. And when I thought about it, I said, okay, so... I could create a legacy wall for um, the school, and I walked up to the organizers of the of the of the meeting, and I said, "This is what I wanted to do. I want to do." I knew both of them, and I could share my idea with them without feeling like it was, you know, going to be taken from me. They looked at each other like, "Duh! Why didn't we think of this before?" And to make a long story short, I. <laughs> went from that idea at that moment to last night having put up my um, last or the most recent legacy wall at Edison Elementary. And it is a 20-foot wall. I look at the picture and I go, good Lord, it makes me look like I'm tiny. And the mere fact that it was because I was in that environment that would allow me to think of something that was outside of the box for me at the moment led to what happened last night. So being in a construction-related organization with so many of these kinds of people, access to them to be able to just talk, you know, back and forth and and share ideas with and, and partner with, it's extraordinary. So what are your thoughts? How have you partnered with someone or worked with someone because of NAVWAY? Absolutely. So I can tell you, um, my firm right now, it's a three-person firm, myself, my husband, and a partner. And um, the work that we're doing right now is mostly commercial, but we have been pursuing some um, some larger infrastructure-related projects. And so recently, I got an opportunity to bid a $300 million contract. This is for a new metro station here in uh, Virginia. And so immediately, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I have no idea, what, you know, whether or not I should even be considering something this large. So I got on the phone, called uh, our founder, talked through what the requirements was and how um, to look at this opportunity. She then gave me 15 names of other individuals in the organization that I should talk to. One was a building code professional. Three were civil engineers. Two had specific infrastructure-related experience, and then I think the rest had project management and construction management-related experience. So we all got on a conference call, and we just started working it out. 
putting the bids together. One person was responsible for uh, reading through the requirements and getting and documenting those rights. The other person had a cost background. They were able to look at what you know what the costing structure would be. Other people provided technical technical experience, and so we submitted that opportunity. And I cert I would have never even imagined an opportunity as large as this. Now, unfortunately, we didn't get it, but. It showed me it's not just about me. As a NAPWIC member, there's really no project that I can't do. I can always yep. leverage the relationships of these of the women in this organization to go after anything. Now, you just made me think of two things. One, uh, I, I was looking at my neighbor's tree. It's a lemon tree, I think it is. And all of that massiveness of tree produced one lemon. And I think it's the first year that it produced a lemon. And I said, or whatever that is. And I said to myself, oh, my goodness, it took all of that to to produce that one lemon. And then I said, okay, so now if I take that as a metaphor, as opposed to feeling like something was lost because there was not more, okay, you got the system down now. Just wait till next year. Then it'll it, it, that tree knows how to produce it. So next year it'll just be full of uh, fruit, as I saw it, or at least that's how I choose to see it. And when I think of the mastermind process where you pull people together, um, where you become much bigger than you because you can put in place those people that are um, that can do the things that you mentioned. That's the way it's supposed to work. And, and it's so nice to see that you actually put it in place. And now, next time one comes around, you won't have the apprehension if there was any, or you won't have the hesitation because you know exactly what to do. That is a wonderful example. Thank you for that. You're very welcome. So um, one of the things I'd like to do is ask my guests, what would you like to share that maybe I didn't have the foresight to ask you? Um, yeah, so I mean, I'm, I'm pretty open to uh, you know, learning new opportunities. Uh, I guess I can say I'm a mother. I am. I have two small kids, a five-year-old and a nine-year-old that keep me pretty busy. Um, I love being a, an entrepreneur, and uh, I love learning. So I think that's probably about it. And how do people reach you? Oh, they can definitely reach me through my website, www.allennorris. It's allen-norris.com. Or uh, they can connect with me through the NAPLIC website as a membership chair. All right. And we want them to do both. Contact her to avoid uh, having something in your home that maybe is not going to be good for you long term to give you advice about the things that she does and to become a NABWIC member. 
And as a NAVWIC member, one of the benefits is that you get to be on the show and to share who you are and what you do, and that becomes mutually beneficial to us. We learn from you, and you get to share your word about what you do. All right. Well, thank you, Nicole. I truly appreciate your coming on and and sharing your story with us. And certainly, as membership director, you can come back anytime you want. Thank you so much for the invitation. You're welcome. And with that, we're going to say come back next week because we have another guest lined up for you. And this is the place to be every Wednesday at 8.30 a.m. for NAVWIC Talks. Take care. Bye-bye. This concludes our show. Thank you for listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. For more information about NABWIC and our membership, please visit us on the web at www.nabwic.org. We are the voice of black women in construction. Have a great and prosperous day.